STEM Fatale, your Women in Science History podcast. I'm Emlyn Gremlin. And I'm Emma Dilemma. Oh, wait, wait. My name right. (laughs) You you got it? I'm Dr. Emlyn Gremlin. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it happened. That's so crazy. I survived. Dr. Emlyn Gremlin. (laughs) The official official new title. Um, Do you, when you author a paper, is it E. Gremlin? Is that mm-hmm. your? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, it's E. E. Gremlin, yeah. E. E. Gremlin. Yeah. What's the second E? I can't say. Oh. But just know it to be true. Okay. Yeah. Eagle eyes? Gremlin? You can keep guessing. Okay. Um, egg. Okay, but uh, this is, doesn't make good fun. <laughs> we don't need to keep guessing. Okay. You'll never know. Um, Yeah. I'm not a doctor yet, but I'm really proud of you, Emily. Oh, thanks. You're so close. <laughs> I know. Your uh, presentation was amazing. Oh, thank you. I loved the um, lightsabered, what, protus uh-huh. and snails. Yeah. yeah. It made sense. In case anyone listening doesn't know, there are protists in space that fight using lightsabers, yeah. right? Yep. That's what that your was, PhD that's what was said, about. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, Any announcements? Uh, or I guess not. No, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> just checking. Just been, just been chilling. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. You're almost there. You got to submit your final stuff. Yeah. In two weeks, mm-hmm. which is pretty intense. You can do it. Yeah. It's I've, all happening. Yeah. Life is changing. We're all growing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Evelyn. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Oh, gosh. Vitamin C, huh? Yeah. Pretty good one hit wonder, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe the only thing they ever did. (sighs) Shall we um, get into our pod? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's get it. So... All right, my question for you. Well, there's one sentence of background first. <laughs> okay. Or two. Um, okay. You ever heard of leprosy? That's not the question. <laughs> okay. I have. Yeah. But so today, the topic of today is regarding leprosy. But let me get to, which is, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you can do it. The words can Yeah, they can manifest. happen. So... You know, and probably a lot of our listeners know, um, leprosy is a disease that's caused by a bacteria that can slowly infect and, like, kill cells throughout the body. Yeah? Yes. True. And, like, it's kind of well known for... I mean, it's not very common anymore. Mm-hmm. It inf- infects, like, a couple hundred thousand people worldwide, but very few people in the U.S. Like, mm. you just don't really see it as often anymore because there's cures for it yeah. now. But I think, like, everyone's seen pictures of leper colonies and, like, quarantine people from a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, where 
maybe it's most well known for like causing finger loss and like limb loss Mm -hmm. when your cells just start dying. Yeah, dying Mm. and like going back into the body kind of. It's pretty, pretty, pretty nasty, right? Okay. (laughs) So here's my question, which isn't even like, is, is even more tangential to the topic today than, okay, I'm just going to do it. Just going to give it to you. Give it to me. There's one other animal in the world that can be infected with the bacteria that causes leprosy. Armadillo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, do you know what it is? Yeah. I didn't know that it's only us and armadillos. I didn't, yeah. I thought it was just that they were a, a big vector. I didn't realize yeah. that they were the... We gave it to them. That's rude. <laughs> they got it from us. They got do leprosy they, from us. Did they get... Like, do they have symptoms or do they seem I think to just? They can, but leprosy mm. is a very slow growing yeah. bacteria. So I read that most armadillos die before they. Um, it's just start like natural sh- causes. Yeah, die. like oh. it just it can take five to twenty years to show up mm-hmm. in even like a human. I think so. For them, like most don't live that long. I mean, most are hit by cars in Texas because yeah. that's where I see most armadillos. Um, but so yeah, they often don't show any symptoms of having the bacteria, and maybe like don't even know or feel sick or anything. That's good. Yeah, it's a comfort to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's topic isn't about armadillos with leprosy. It's about um, someone who found one of the first cures for leprosy. And do you know who that is? Josephine no. Bell? Nah. Close. <sighs> uh, Alice Augusta Ball. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah you got Ball, the Bell. Bell. Yeah. Um, okay, she came up with a widely used treatment for leprosy or widely applicable treatment for leprosy when she was just 23. So, okay. Are you ready? This isn't, it's going to be a shorter story than usual, but it's still an important story. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. So Alice Augusta Ball was born on July 24th, 1892 in Seattle, Washington. She lived with her grandfather, who was a famous African-American abolitionist and photographer Mm. Um, Her father, who worked as a lawyer and was the editor of a black newspaper in Seattle. Her mother, who also um, worked as a photographer, or at least did photography. Like, they were all into photography, essentially. And her three other siblings. And maybe an aunt and uncle, but I couldn't find a lot about Mm -hmm. that. What year was this again? Uh, 1892. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, at the time... Daguerreotype was a common method used to take pictures. I'm not going to just... I don't know what it is. (laughs) I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is too much for my my brain. But, um, yeah, so I don't know all the technical details, but from reading the Wikipedia page... (laughs) Excellent. It's essentially like a complex process involving silvered plates and mercury vapor and exposing the plates and vapor to light and like makes gotcha. uh, chemical changes on the plate to take a picture. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And having a photo studio and photographers and her family using 
all these chemical processes um, is probably what inspired Alice's early interest in chemistry. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's see a little bit about her early life. In 1902, when Alice was 10 years old, her family moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, um, where they lived for two years. The reason for their move was that her grandfather was rheumatic, which usually means like cold weather causes mm. like pain the achy for bones. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so they thought the better weather might help. And I'm like, where is better than Hawaii? That's no. pretty awesome. But two years later, in 1904, he passed away, and they moved back to Seattle, where Alice attended Seattle High School and graduated supposedly in 1906 when she was 14. I think she might it might have been a year or two later, uh-huh. considering when she graduated from college, but maybe she yeah. graduated when she was 14. Some things say she was top of her class and really interested and good at the sciences. What do the others say? Uh, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or no mention of high school. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. Alice then attended the University of Washington, where she pursued her interest in chemistry and the sciences and obtained two bachelors of science degrees, one in pharmaceutical chemistry in 1912 and another in pharmacy in 1914. What's the difference? I'm guessing... Pharmacy, you would learn a lot about maybe the biological interactions of okay. drugs. And one's more how you make Yeah, them. making them. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. It's a good question, though. That, I have no idea. That's what I'm all about. Um, and she also started her research career with pharmacy professor William Den and published an article, The Benzoilations of Ether Solution, in the Journal of the American Chemical Society. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that still exists. The, I mean, the American Chemical Society oh, does. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, do I know what benzoylations of ether means? Not really. There's putting a benzoyl on an ether. Yeah. I'm guessing it's describing, pro- like, ways to a, do that. Yeah, a techniques. process. Yeah. Okay. So after undergrad, she received two scholarships to get a master's degree in chemistry, Mm -hmm. one from UC Berkeley and one from the University of Hawaii, which is like, all right. Yeah, good job. Good choices. And she decided to attend the University of Hawaii, possibly because she lived there before. Mm -hmm. And like... And it's dope. Yeah. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to live in Hawaii? Okay. Let's see. So she moved to Honolulu and she was staying. uh, She stayed for a little while in the YWCA in Honolulu. And then she stayed for a little while in a women's hotel. I guess it's just like how people lived then. Yeah. Like that was kind of campus. I guess I didn't realize you could stay at the YWCA. That's the women's version of YWCA, right? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Because the YMCA that I think of now is, like, exercise classes mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think for so long it was almost like a hostel for yeah. people. I guess the song is, it's fun to stay at the YMCA. Yeah. So that does imply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess we've answered our own question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
she was interested in studying the active properties of a plant called the kava root. And, and I have no idea if this is related to like kava bars or, you know, like those, that crazy drink. Yeah, kava. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It I must think, be the same, right? Yeah, kava is yeah. made from kava root. Yeah. Like tingles your tongue, right? You've been to a, a yeah, kava Yeah, I did not like it. No. It made me sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's supposed to just like kind of make you numb. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. I think it was a fad and then people were like, why? Yeah. You know? I mean, it has a lot of like traditional history, yeah. but I think it's an odd thing to have like bars of in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> so hipster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she studied the active properties of the Kavaru and she graduated in 1915 with her master's on the chemical constituents of Piper Methysticum, uh, or the con- chemical constituents of the active principle of the Ava root, which maybe sometimes it's called Kava and sometimes it's called Ava. Okay. Or there was a typo <laughs> in the thing I was reading and I have no idea to, and I didn't look it up. <laughs> it's not a typo on my word doc. Okay. It said a VA. Gotcha. So let's see. So that was, so she, she did that in a year. She got her master's degree. Nice. And after receiving her degree, um, which made her actually the first woman and first African-American to receive a graduate degree from the University of Hawaii, 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 Mm -hmm. um, after receiving her degree, she began teaching chemistry at the university, making her the first African-American instructor um, at the University of Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. So just a lot of firsts for her. (laughs) Sorry, had to take a breath. While teaching, a public health officer at the university, Dr. Harry Holman, who he was working in a leprosy research center in Hawaii, he sought her help in completing research on a potential treatment for leprosy. Um, which is also called Hansen's disease, if I didn't mention that earlier. Oh, leprosy is? Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> I think because the person who discovered the bacteria that caused leprosy, uh, his last name is Hansen. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if I would want a disease to be named after yeah. me. Yeah. Gremlin disease? <laughs> Actually, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be into that. A disease that causes large ears and big eyes and evilness. Yeah, <laughs> evilness. Water is poured mm-hmm. on you after midnight or something. Like feeding. feeding. Feeding after midnight. Yeah. Water any time of day. Yeah. Right? Okay. I haven't watched that movie in so long. Really you know. gotta, gotta know the details yeah. of, <laughs> of your lore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So at that point, researchers knew that leprosy or Hansen's disease was caused by two strains of mycobacteria um, but there were not any permanent cures, and and people thought it was incredibly contagious at that time, so it often quarantine infected individuals on islands or just away from the rest of the population, um, and it was kind of just a miserable life for people with mm-hmm. leprosy. Yes, it was so out of proportion with the actual disease, like yeah. the lore of the disease and how they isolated right. people compared to, like, syphilis 
I think is probably worse. worse. I don't think they... Yeah. Maybe syphilis just killed people faster, though, where leprosy, you can just live for so long. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah. just the, the visual. Yeah. And you're living for so long with this visual disease, mm-hmm. you know, which is really unfortunate. But in, you can only contract it via, like, um, extended close contact with somebody else, hmm. which they didn't know at the time. Yeah. Just put them on random places. Yeah. Yeah. So often, like, you know, people would basically live their lives in, like, these research hospitals or literally on islands away from the rest of society. Yeah. Which is insane. Um, and for hundreds of years, though, in um, different parts of Asia, I think, people had used an oil that came from seeds of something called the chalmugra tree hmm. to treat uh, leprosy. So they could rub chalmugra oil on infected parts of the body and it would help, you know, reduce pain and lesions in those areas. Yeah. But obviously this didn't cure the disease, which is circulating throughout the body, you know, and then could show up in other areas. More recently, they figured out a way to make the oil into a salt that could be ingested, Hmm. which also helped improve symptoms. But the the salt made people feel so nauseous Uh. that they didn't want to, like, they would rather live with the leprosy than be like throwing up every day because they had to eat this thing Ugh. yeah <laughs> why does it have to be in salt why can't it be in like put a little of that chamugra oil on your like pasta <laughs> i don't know like yeah i don't know actually put it in a capsule oh well actually, i shall tell you so you do know <laughs> yeah i forgot <laughs> okay um injecting the oil itself was not a great solution either because First of all, as an oil, it was insoluble, so it couldn't Mm. move throughout the bloodstream, as well as something that was water-soluble. And you would need multiple localized injections for that reason. And additionally, the oil contained two fatty acids that caused great pain and blisters under the skin upon injection. Oh, God. So that's why I think... Uh, and these were, these fatty acids, the chalmugric acid and hydrocarpic acid were why the oil even treated leprosy, so you couldn't just remove them. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably why ingesting the oil wasn't, like, just alone Mm -hmm. didn't work. I think it might have burned your tongue or something. But then I don't know why it doesn't burn your skin. I'm not sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. why they didn't just drink the oil. It was yeah. kind of a paste okay. more than like a Ugh. real Ugh. olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm because it takes so long for leprosy to show symptoms. Yeah. I'm surprised that they thought it was so highly contagious because Right. If one person's in contact with another, they're not gonna like I don't know, there doesn't seem like there would be any connection like no kind of network where you're like, oh, yeah, this person was infected and then this other person got infected because they were in close contact. Because you wouldn't be able to notice until, like, ten years, years later. Yeah. So it seems strange. I, I guess there was so much, like, weird, f- not folklore, but... 
yeah. rumors, and it was in, like, the minds of everybody that it was this, like, weird, terrible thing. Um, I think that also it would just start showing up in populations, mm. and people weren't like, oh, you didn't get it. I mean, I just think they would see, like, all of a sudden, a bunch of people who live in the same place gotcha. have it. Uh-huh. And so it wouldn't be like, oh, I touch you and I got it immediately. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, just gotcha. kind of fear-based yeah. and not, you know, a logical. And even something I read says, like, 95% of people can't even contract leprosy. Yeah. So I'm just like, how is this? It's weird, the reaction to it. Yeah. Whereas, remember when we talked about um, contagious cancers? Uh-huh. And how, like, they couldn't believe that a cancer could be passed from one person to another. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Everyone's just dumb, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess no. it just takes us so long. Yeah. Well, it is so amazing how out of proportion people's responses to leprosy yeah. were versus more like actually communicable diseases like yeah tb there was no like tb island or yeah um measles island measles or pertussis or like any of those things that were killing huge amounts of people yeah it's pretty weird i really think it's just the disfigurement yeah freaked people out a lot and made people like alienate anyone who had the disease Mm -hmm. And just the fact that it didn't kill people right away. Yeah, so. I guess that's fair. Yeah. It's hard to move people yeah. to, like, an island if they're just going to die in, like, three days. Right. <laughs> you know, like, there's really it's no just, point. Yeah, it's all... I'm glad that we moved on from that phase yeah. in societies. Yeah. Uh, history. Mostly. Well, we, there aren't leper colonies no, anymore, no, right? I don't think so. We're going to have to look that up, aren't we? There might be in some like places we don't aren't um, super aware of their like culture. Or, like maybe they're isolated from Western societies or something. So there is in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, what? I mean, I think there are leper colonies, like unofficial leper colonies in other countries. It seems. Yeah. It seems like India had a bunch of them based oh, on kind of right. just the stigma of having. Yep. It. But in Hawaii. There's the Kalawa Papa. Oh, um, still? And in 2015, there were <gasps> still six patients there. Oh, so that's the research center. Okay. I think that um, that whole Harry Holman worked at. Mm-hmm. On the island of Molokai. Interesting. Six patients. I don't understand. Like, we don't quarantine people with Ebola. I mean, we do, but, like... Yeah, we, I mean, we, we try. Not in, like, colonies yeah. together. Well, it's... they die too quickly. Oh, Also, I Ebola, see. like... Yeah. If you have Ebola, you're not going to last more than, like, a week. That's true. I guess there's, you know, send them to the island to die is not really, like, very ethical. But neither is it for leprosy. I don't understand the reaction to leprosy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Most people can't get leprosy, and it takes years to show up, and it's treatable now. But with antibiotics. Anyway, that's pretty bizarro. They must know, right? Hawaii knows. Is that, like, a cultural, like, a group of people that... I 
would imagine they're allowed to leave, but they've lived there, so they're all like above 70 oh. or 80. So I think these are people who have been living there all their lives. So I, once. Yeah, that tracks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, once the leper colony kind of. They like realized they could like yeah. cure you and stuff like that. I think they still. Just like that's their there. home. Interesting. Okay. So I. I don't think they're forced to be there. But okay. This article was getting long and confusing, so That's we're fine. not gonna. Yeah. Interesting. Continue. All right. <laughs> Let's Just see. a little sidetrack. Yeah. So, right. So the fatty acids, the chalmugric acid and the hydrocarpic acid, which were crucial to the success of the oil in treating leprosy, needed to be extracted for use in an injectable form. Okay. So. Harry Holman, uh, after reading Alice's master's thesis mm-hmm. and seeing that she was able to like extract these active ingredients from another root mm-hmm. and um, and whatnot, he asked her if she could figure out a way to make these um, fatty acids into a soluble water soluble form. Gotcha. So, during the day, she would teach at University of Hawaii, teach chemistry, while at night, she would research the Chalmuga route, looking for a better way to extract and synthesize its chemicals for leprosy treatment. And after running many experiments, she found a way to essentially uh, prepare the ethyl esters of the two fatty acids, making them soluble and injectable. Cool. Yeah, and this didn't, it took her maybe a year. It's insane. And so she had developed, I don't know if she named it this, but it's kind of known now as the ball method, which is just taking fatty acids, making them into esters, Mm -hmm. and now they're water soluble and able to be used as a drug, essentially. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool that there's a method for like that type of stuff. Yeah. And, um, now the oil was could be used to treat leprosy successfully and was the most widespread treatment of leprosy for the next two decades or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the most efficient treatment of leprosy, and it didn't work in everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays we use antibiotics and some other drugs called sulfones, I think, mm-hmm. to treat leprosy, and they're much more effective. Was her treatment actually killing the bacteria or was it minimizing the effects of the bacteria? I couldn't find exactly what it was doing, like how the acids um, worked. Because it didn't seem like it was a long-term, like you couldn't just have one injection of the acid. Yeah. Yeah. So it was also, and it was still painful and mm. still caused like blisters or gotcha. ulcers for people. So it wasn't, it still wasn't a perfect way to treat leprosy, but it was just better than uh, earlier forms. Your fingers falling off yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So tragically, during a class in 1916, so just a year Actually, this is like maybe months after she uh-huh. discovered this. She, um, during a demonstration about how to use a mask in the lab, 
inhaled, accidentally inhaled chlorine gas. Oh, God. Yeah. And this made her incredibly sick. She returned to Seattle soon after. Um, she hadn't even published her work yet. Uh-huh. And she died two months later at the age of 24. So that... Okay, but there's more of the story. I didn't realize chlorine... Is chlorine gas what they use in, like, chemical warfare? I think it is. But I didn't realize that it was... Does it cause cancer or it just I, am, I destroyed think it some just of her organs? Like or super toxic. Yeah. Man. Like cell death gotcha. somehow. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, Ugh. I'm like, why are you doing a demo with a deadly gas? Like, do the demo. I maybe don't know. It was all, maybe you were, it's a demonstration that can only be done with chlorine gas. Yeah. Anyway. That's awful. Yeah. Very uh. tragic. Weirdly, though, it says on her death certificate that she died of tuberculosis, but it also says, I read somewhere, I couldn't fact check this Mm because I don't think her birth and death certificates are online. Yeah. But um, it also, apparently her whole family said that they were Caucasian on their birth and death certificates, which is not correct. Huh. Which might have been, like, helpful in getting jobs or something. Yeah. I'm not sure, but... Interesting. Anyway, yeah, I'm like, who's writing these? Person. Yeah, or maybe someone found the wrong death certificate or something. Yeah. And it has attributed, attributed it to her, but there's... Huh. So it makes, like, her death very... Confusing? Yeah, so some... Every most things I read said it was this chlorine gas accident, but for a long time people thought it was tuberculosis. I don't know. Could it be? I know you're not gonna be able to answer this, but I'm gonna stipulate or <laughs> speculate. Could it be chlorine gas if you inhale it? Potentially, it does a lot of lung damage, and that makes you more susceptible to some Maybe. type of lung infection. It like- could be, yeah. But I have no. You can't tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But well, it's that, seems like yeah, confusing. Also, yeah. I'm puzzled. Yeah. Anyway, there's a bit more to the story. Tell um, me. So after her death, the president of the college, Arthur Dean, decided to continue where she had left off. Okay. Um, so since she'd made this remarkable discovery, but hadn't had the chance to publish it yet, there weren't the drugs hadn't been produced yeah. at this point. You know. So he continued her work, and it was made into a drug that quickly became the essential treatment for leprosy. Um, however, he published the results of this work with no mention of Alice Ball, and referred. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> and referred to the method of preparing the ethyl esters of the fatty acid, fatty acids as the Dean method, not the Ball method. The Balls method. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Harry Holman, the the guy who'd originally like given this project to Alice mm-hmm. to for to get her help, was incredibly angered by this. Which yeah, was like good, someone's standing up for her, and attempted to correct it in a paper in 1922, where he attributed directly that method and work to Alice. Excellent. But for a long time, it was still referred to as the Dean method, and her contributions were overlooked because she wasn't an author on the papers. It was more like, a, you know, a note maybe at the bottom of a paper or something like that. 
But later, in the 1970s and the 1990s, uh, there were two historians who were both re- both at these two different times researched African-American history at the University of Hawaii. Cool. And in Hawaii in yeah. general. And they both found out more information about Alice, like, which is how we kind of know anything mm-hmm. about her now. And worked hard to get her contributions formally recognized by the university. So now it's kind of switched back to being known as the ball method, not the team method. She also has a plaque next to a Chalmuger tree. She was given a Regents Medal of Distinction by the university. And uh, February 29th, Leap Days were declared Alice Ball Day, which Hawaii celebrates every four years. <laughs> which is like, why not do a yearly event? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Why? Is there a reason why it's on that date? Or just so that they only have to celebrate it every four years? I think part of it is like, you can't just have every day be a holiday. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh-huh, I think uh-huh, it was uh-huh. more just uh, interesting in name. Okay. I don't think they really have, like, Do anything. big celebrations. Uh-huh. It's more just an official, like, there's a day for her, uh-huh. you know. Every four years. Yeah. <laughs> a little silly, but still kind of cool. I'd be happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with it. <laughs> so, and... Did that man... Did Dean... Dean Dickface... Um, <laughs> Did he make money off of that drug? Do I don't you know? know, actually. That's a good question. I'm not sure if he even made the drug. Like, there were other companies working on um, the Chalhugra mm-hmm. oil, like Welcome, which became Maxo Klein and Smith later, which is like a huge pharmaceutical company, mm-hmm. was also working on it. So maybe they ended up producing the drug. Using this method, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, It doesn't seem like he patented it or anything. So that's where I think he would have really profited from it when maybe her family should have. But but yeah, so that's the story of Alice Ball, who discovered a long-time treatment for leprosy. That was great. Yeah. And definitely, it's sad that she, like, died so mm-hmm. young. Who yeah, she got so much stuff done. She could have done. I know, yeah. 24, like, and she discovered a cure for leprosy. Pretty crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. What have I done? I don't know. I mean, you just got your PhD. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's like I guess it's, that's tangible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. All right, this is the Women Who Work section, where we give shout-outs to badass women making history today. Hell yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I've got one shout-out today, and that goes to uh, Jesse Adriansi. I may be butchering your last name, and I apologize. You're forgiven. Thank you. Great. I, I was waiting for hopefully you, Emma's forgiveness. That. Yeah. Hopefully she agrees. So... My shout out goes to Jesse for her study that came out in Peanut PNAS. PNAS. Never gets old. I know. They just they're asking for it. Um, which came out last month. So Jesse is a comparative psychologist and PhD student Ooh. at the University of Vienna. Wow. She's interested in social cognition, empathy, and emotions in social primates and birds. I'm interested in that too. Right now, yeah, that sounds so. Cool. She had this study, first author study, 
Um, and in it, Jesse tested the emotional, uh, the concept of emotional contagion Whoa. in ravens. So essentially, <sighs> the, it's the idea that if I see that you're sad, I also get sad. Yeah. Um, like every sad commercial. Yeah. When you start crying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So she did this by giving a raven two food options. So she gave, she put out two food options. One was a tasty food snack which was dog kibbles. Ooh. And then she also put out a carrot snack, which apparently they hate. <gasps> oh, <laughs> they just that's hate. so weird. Hate carrots. But uh, they'll still eat them? No. Oh. They hate them. Hate them. <laughs> so funny. More than life itself. I wonder why, huh? So then uh, Jessie would remove one of the food options from okay. the raven. And when she removed the bad, bad, no good carrot option, uh-huh. the raven was enthused. <laughs> And a, just don't and even want it near them. No, and approached the good treat. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. However, when the uh, good snack, the dog kibble, was removed, the raven scratched at the ground in frustration and gave the carrot this, like, nasty side-eyed glance. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> so just, like, apparently if they look for, with their left eye, that means they're, like, pretty unhappy. So they that just, like, give them this weird side-eye, side-eye yeah. this carrot. Hell yeah. So... <laughs> so this is going on. The, the the ravens either getting, like, having the good treat mm. or the bad treat be removed. Yeah. And now there's another raven that can only see the raven, that first raven, but not the food options. Oh, okay. So they're, lo- they're able to wa- see the emotions or, like, the behavior of the first raven who's getting one of those food options taken away. And so the second raven was then given a surprise box. (laughs) And the time it takes for that raven to tap on that box. Uh So like if they tap on the box with their beak, um, they know that the the lid gets removed and they get to see what's inside. Oh, okay. So the time it takes for the raven to tap on that box is a metric of how optimistic they are about what's going to be in that box. (laughs) Is it going to be a carrot? Is it going to be a carrot? And so the faster they tap on the box, the more optimistic they yeah. are. Uh-huh. So they found that when the second raven took more time to, the second raven took more time to tap on the box when he had seen the other raven scratch the ground in frustration. Wow. And give crazy. that like nasty side glance. <laughs> However, uh, the second raven tapped the box more quickly when he saw the other raven was enthused. Wow. So that's, that's a crazy. demonstration of this social contagion. Uh, so there's a lot of like headlines of like sad ravens make other ravens sad. It's great. Um, so it's, this type of like emotional contagion can play a role in rapid information sharing, right, right. Um, such as predation risk yeah. and stuff like that. So in group colonies, it has a lot of could play a big role in how uh, knowledge is passed around really yeah. quickly. Additionally, this work has implications for understanding the evolution of empathy in social yeah. taxa like ourselves. So right. super cool study, very yeah. like clear and pretty humorous. I love yeah, that they like so hate these carrots. <laughs> side eye the carrots. Well, you know, side eye the carrots. Bastard. Hate those carrots. I love carrots. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the anger ravens. No, I don't I get it. Yeah. It's a good. comprehend. You just like script. <clears throat> Scratch well, the floor. You know what I would side eye though? What? If I had a choice between, let's see, what would it be? Like um, stale bread, mm. stale wheat bread, mm, mm-hmm. and, you know, a chocolate mousse. 
Yeah. I feel like that's probably what a similar, I don't know. Yeah. Mine would be like cake or popcorn would be my like good, good treat. Very happy about oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. No, I a, was like, what? Like, but, I know and then you love popcorn. Anything with a mayo dressing. Potato oh, salad, wow. egg salad. Interesting. I would give that a dirty gl- dirty glare, wow. and I would not eat it. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew. Yeah. So You're not a mayo. I wonder if we could do this with humans. But you love aioli. I do, but what a it's just like a weird creamy, yeah. like from a jar. What's going on with that mayo? <laughs> Eggs shouldn't last that long. Interesting. In that phase of its life. I guess. They just how I feel. Lemon. Just how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too creamy. I understand. Yeah, mayo. Sometimes mayo is disturbing and sometimes I'm like, <laughs> it's necessary for this cause, yeah. you yeah. know? I love dipping things. Like, dipping things in mayo. I don't like things rolling around in their own juices <laughs> what in mayo. What about sandwich? It could have a thin layer of mayo. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could get into that. Wouldn't side-eye that. I wouldn't... <laughs> It depends. I don't like sandwiches. Oh. So it depends. Ever? They need to be toasted and they can't yeah. have lettuce in them because lettuce gets all like weird mm-hmm. and kind of like spoogy and then I don't like it. Ugh. Then I'd side eye that real hard. Pre-made yeah. sandwiches cannot get behind. Uh, sandwiches are so hit or miss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not a blank. I will never say I love sandwiches. You'll never hear <laughs> me say that, listeners. You can try to get me to say it, but I won't. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, tell us what your uh, uh, nasty side eye glance. Hashtag food I'd side eye that. Yeah. And then tell us what you'd side eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some good tweets that are like, oh man, I want to find them. One second, one second, okay. one second. There's just like some little pictures that's been posted on Twitter <laughs> where it's just a sad crying crow. And it says, thinking of carrots. <laughs> thinking of carrots. Thinking of carrots. It's such a strong so emotion funny. for carrots. I know. And carrots are good. Yeah. Like, to us, you know, they taste good. They have vitamin A. They're low-cal. Yeah. I try to give them <laughs> to Luna so sometimes, funny. my dog. And she just, like, she takes it. And then uh-huh. she brings it onto her bed. And tears it to pieces and then just leaves chunks of carrot. Uh, like, she doesn't eat it. Interesting. Some dogs love carrot. I know. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I don't know. She's a... She's a, a lunatic. She's you know? a lunatic. All right. Well, <laughs> that was our episode. Yeah. As usual. <laughs> as usual. Starts awkward, ends awkward, but Yeah, we don't middle. know how to end these things. Yeah. So, if you liked our episode, our beginning, middle, and end, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. We love the reviews. They're really important for people to find us, uh, and we appreciate you. Yeah. And we'll send you a sticker if you want one. Yeah, just tell just us. Let, just, just let us know. Just DM cap. us or yeah. send us an email, and we'll send you one. Yeah. Uh, and then thank you to Caitlin Friesen for our awesome art, mm-hmm. uh, ever-growing. You can always check out our Instagram, Pod. It yeah. just has all the art. Um, and then Artichoke for our theme music. Yeah. And as always, go, go stimulate, stimulate yourself. Take me a second to remember what <laughs> we said. What do we, what do we stimulate? <laughs>